everybody, and welcome into Pace the Nation, broadcasting here from Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia, the heart of Arlington County. We're here in Clarendon. I'm your host, Chris Farley, back again for episode number 102. And alongside me to get me, get me through this episode is an excited Joanna E. Russo. Joanna, what's up? Well, because it's Green Socks guy. He's not wearing <laughs> green he? socks, but it's definitely the same person, it's and green. he just started doing laps. All right, let's bring in William E. Docks. He may have a comment on Green Sox guy. William E. Docks, what's up? I am bouncing off the wall right now. <laughs> I'm so excited. This is going to be a great episode. That's a good sign. All right, so for new listeners who don't know who Green Sox guy is, uh, this not is not a planned bit. Uh, we broadcast from Studio 1A, which is in the heart of Arlington, and probably six or seven episodes ago, we saw uh-huh. a gentleman in knee-high green compression socks run Give him an, Giving him a lot of credit, calling him a gentleman. Around <laughs> and around and around. Uh, so we just saw him for the first time. Uh, Joanna, what color were his socks here. this time? I think he was just wearing white socks. Mm, boring. Okay. Are you going to wear white socks at your next race? Uh, yes. Yeah. All right. Nice. I base all of, all of my race attire on what this guy wears. I know. That's what you did last week, so... Well, that's exciting that uh, Green Sox, who's not wearing green socks, is running around uh, again today. We'll, we will uh, keep you updated on that. I'm sure everybody's riveted to know how many times he's running. He's going to run around. I'm really excited for I'll our listeners. A, I'll start a tally. All right. Keep, keep a tally good, for good us, Good work, Joanna. Joanna. Thank you for that. Uh, big show to get today uh, to today, guys. Uh, episode- Wait, can we go back to the Green Sox guy? <laughs> Joanna, can we also clock him? Uh-huh. Next time I see him, I'll yeah. start my watch. All right, perfect. All right, so uh, very important uh, housekeeping ma- matters there to make sure that we have a clock and number of laps that Mr. Green Sox, who's not wearing green socks today, uh, is going to run. But a big show to get to today, guys, on episode n- number 102. Uh, excited today to be joined by the 15th finisher ever in the Barclays Marathon. It's John Kelly. He's a local guy. Who just finished uh, the Barclays Marathon, and I believe he was the only finisher this year. That's correct. In the event, uh, I'm not really familiar with the Barclays Marathon. Uh, I think you guys probably have a little bit more knowledge about it than I do. But we'll, we'll get what into a, what a great guest to further <laughs> your education. We will get into the Barclays Marathon, which is a unique event, unlike anything I've ever heard of. Uh, it's it's awesome that he finished and did such a great job there a few weeks ago. So John Kelly will join us on today's program. Also on today's show, Docs mentioned that Joanna is going to do a race. So we're going to talk about Joanna's Boston Marathon 5K. So it's a Marathon 5K. Is it? I think it's just called the PA Is it? 5K. Okay. All right. Is it uh, you run 26.1 miles and then you run another 5K afterwards? How, well, what's, a, what's, a, what's a marathon 5K? You know how people are like, well, well how long was that marathon? Yeah. yeah I ran a marathon this weekend. Well, how long was Well, it? everybody knows the Boston Marathon. Joanna's going to be up there in, uh, this weekend. She's heading out tomorrow or up to Boston tomorrow, and she's going to run the BAA 5K. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, speaking of running 5Ks, the entire Pace the Nation crew ran the Crystal City 5K right after we finished broadcasting last week. Ding! I think that may be our first race that we have ever uh, ever done. No. Together? No. Called no. The, it's called the Beer Mile. Oh, okay. Okay. We were on a relay. Yeah, uh-huh. that's true. That, that is true. Okay. So that, that, I, that would count. Um, <laughs> also, today's program, I have a correction to make. Just uh, one? So just one correction to All make, right. so we'll get into that. One giant one? Uh, eh, it was a little bit it's, of a botch, but 
It's uh, one correction with uh, 600 subtitles. <laughs> Probably. No, it was just one correction that was uh, I was I was called out on this week. So we'll get uh-huh. into that uh, today as well. Also on, on today's program, uh, Docs has got a Pokemon uh, Go update. Mm-hmm. So uh, excited to get to that. And, and, and finally, I did want to get to my story from Seattle. I was a little disappointed in trying to, to uh, gather all the information about this story, but we'll get to that later in the program. Um, what a tease. It, I know. I'm teasing it as if it's going to be a letdown. In, in, in your, uh, well, your stories always are a letdown. <laughs> That's in, mostly true. In your uh, research, did you watch the movie Sleepless in Seattle and how many times? <laughs> no, I, I didn't. I, then That's I don't not think one you did a thorough job. I've, seen. I've never seen Sleep. I do know that uh, Tom Hanks is in that. Mm-hmm. And Meg but, Ryan. There was like a five year stretch where they did every movie together. Okay. All right, I did not watch that movie. I've never seen that movie. Mm-hmm. So not one of the... You've never seen Sleepless in Seattle? It's not one of the half dozen or, or dozen movies I've seen. No, I've never Have seen Have you five. seen You've Got Mail? No. It's the same movie, uh, <laughs> except that it's slightly different. Okay, same movie, slightly different. Have you seen Joe versus the Volcano? No. <laughs> what would make you think I'd see Joe versus the Volcano? Nothing. That wasn't the point of me asking these All right, questions. we're getting off track. Uh but, uh, but we're going to start the show with, with a very exciting guest. Uh, John Kelly is a local runner and triathlete. Uh, he recently finished the Barclays Marathon. And the Barclays Marathon is like no other marathon or ultra marathon, I believe, in the world. Uh, you guys have done some, some research on it. Uh, so you guys are going to have to help me uh, navigate no our deal. way through this interview. <laughs> And also, I did want to say from the top here that Charlie Ban has has been really helpful in, in giving us some, some questions as well. So, uh, next up, excited to be joined by local ultramarathoner John Kelly, joining us here next on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Joanna and Docs, we are excited to be joined by, in studio, John Kelly. John, what's up, man? How are you? Doing pretty well. How are you all doing today? Doing great, man. Thank you so much for for joining us in studio here today. Uh, We just had a little pre-show kind of get-to-know-him interview, um, and I already have a correction to make Mm -hmm. from, from the opener. I said it's the, I think I said it was the the Barclays... Marathon? Yeah, you said it was the Barclays Marathon. Barclays Marathon. Uh, and yeah. I was wondering if it was associated with the English Premier League. <laughs> All right, John, correct me. What's the name of the race you just completed? The the Barclay Marathon. So it's a it's a common mispronunciation, but you know it's singular on the first and, and plural on the second because it's it's about five marathons. Oh, so it's run. about five. Ma- okay, so that's why it's plural. I was going to say it's one event though, right? Right. And it's plural because, and, and you're going to have to give us some background on the uh, on the on the race. Uh, so let's start there because I, you know, a lot of our listeners and myself included are you know road do road races and marathons stuff like that and aren't uh, as much into the ultra scene. So tell us about this race, which sounds like it's the one of the craziest, hardest races in the world. Yeah, so it actually kind of started out as a. a- mockery uh, a of, of james earl ray's prison escaped attempt where he was out for 50 something hours and made it eight miles uh and then went on to kind of 
mock kind of the the ultra uh, world a, as it were a, as a whole of, of you know having a dollar sixty entry fee and just kind of not really a mockery but right. but a, a satire and over exaggeration. Okay. Uh, and and kind of grew from there to intentionally be this race that that found itself right at the edge of of what's possible mm -hmm. and. So, you know, it's, it's easy to make a race that's impossible. It's easy to make a race that's easy. Uh, but, it, you know, th this race has evolved to the point where it's right on the edge. And so it gives that opportunity uh, for kind of everyone to, to go out there and find what their limit is and, and also to, to have that, that extreme joy you get uh, where you do succeed when failure is, is highly probable. So, you know, kind of like the Cubs winning the World Series and <laughs> rather than the Patriots winning the Super Bowl. Right. You know, the, the first one's a, a bit more exciting there. He had, he had the sports reference because he is a uh, former sports radio host. He is. We found that out, too. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, where did you? Uh, where were you a sports radio host? Uh, I, was, uh, I did my undergrad at North Carolina State. Okay. And so did the student, student radio though there and was on a uh, sports radio show for – Four years, hosted it for the last year. Right. Uh, Who was the quarterback of the football team when you were there? So when I first started, <laughs> it was it was Phil Rivers. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, and, you know, then we had a couple down years, guys like Jay Davis. But, you know, the, the worst thing about NC State football, we had in a decade three quarterbacks that, that started in the NFL. We had right. Phil Rivers, uh, Mike, Glennon, Mike Glennon, Russell Wilson, and even Jacoby Brissett. So four, really. Uh, Jacoby wow. Brissett started when Brady went down last year, and even with that, you can't 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 do anything. I know, I know NC State. <laughs> it's Joanna knows NC State football has been about as good as Virginia football, which is. I, I think they have more hats. Yeah, than, than we do more victories. All right, so back to the marathons, uh, the the Barclay marathons. Well, wait, I have a question. So, yeah. what makes an ultra marathon um, impossible? What what makes it possible and what makes Barkley like on the verge of that? So the, uh, I mean, it's, it's definitely the, the time cut off. I mean, if the time were longer then a lot more people could do it. And so it's that balance of the difficulty and the time. But more than that, there, there's so many factors that go into it. There's, there's navigation, there's terrain, there's fighting mental fatigue and, and sleep deprivation so it's it's a lot more kind of things have to come together. It's not something where you can just know that you're fast enough and go in and, and know that you're going to do it. Being fast isn't enough. Being a good navigator isn't enough. Being uh, Having good mental strength isn't enough. So, so set us up, like, give us an overview of this particular race. So it's, it's five loops. Uh, it's labeled as each loop is 20 miles. It's it's probably closer to 26. Wow. Um, and over the course of the five loops, you you do, this year it was 67,000 feet of elevation gain and uh, elevation loss. And it is mostly off trail and unmarked. So you, you have... Uh, books out there serve as checkpoints. You rip out a page uh, that... Uh, corresponds to your bib number as you follow along the course and so the the challenge is is really the the distance and the elevation and and the navigation and again at the end of the race when you've been out there for 60 hours and hardly slept uh things things get a bit a bit bit rough psychologically all right so so it's happening in somewhere in the mountains of tennessee mm -hmm. by this uh you know we didn't i don't think we mentioned that by this 
uh, prison where the guy escapes and can only get eight miles because it's so challenging. So you're running, I get it, you're running five loops of about a marathon. I don't get the part where you grab a page out of a book. Like, where are you getting this book? Is 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 the race director hiding this book somewhere and you got to find it? it? <laughs> I mean, what? Yeah, it's also so, a scavenger hunt. Is it a scavenger hunt? Exactly. I mean. Yeah. So, is it, I mean, that's that's a, a common perception that people kind of have. It, it's not an orienteering event. It's okay. not a scavenger hunt or a, or a treasure hunt. Uh, the books simply serve as, as unmanned checkpoints because okay. n- no one's out there and no one is there to kind of, you know, there's no timing mats. Got no it. one sees you come through Got these it. various parts of the course. So they're at strategic pace, places along the course to where you rip out the page that corresponds to your bib number and then you bring those pages back around with you and hand them to the race director to, to prove that you ran the course. Gotcha. That, that you were the one who ripped it out. Right. right. Did did you ever have uh, any instances where you couldn't find the book? Yeah, definitely. So there were a few like that, uh, especially the the first loop this year. Uh, a couple of the books were just tucked away really well, and I think that that was done intentionally to prevent uh, animals or any person from kind of coming across the book before the race and dragging it off or, or damaging it. Uh, so th- that was just a, a little bit of a scare. And then on, on the fifth loop, again, by that time, you, you're, you're so mentally fatigued and fighting sleep deprivation. There was one instance where I just um, d- didn't really have it all together. And I, I kept wandering around thinking, the book's got to be right here. It's got to be right here. And I, I'd walked past it like 10 times <laughs> and just not, not seen the thing. Um, Joanna, as a former librarian, or is it once a librarian, always a librarian, uh, how do you yeah. how do you feel about uh, this uh, book? Um, I think it depends on what book we're talking about. Uh, okay. are, you, are you upset with him ripping the pages? Out? Yeah, I mean, yeah, destroying books. Yeah. I think again, it depends on what yeah, book we're talking about. The, these these books probably get more reading uh, by us ripping the pages out and then looking at them later than they otherwise would. They're not exactly uh, your bestsellers. Oh, so it's not like a John Grisham back there. It's it's probably a book that didn't sell very well. John Grisham's yeah. like the only author I know. <laughs> yeah. So no, it's probably like a. a a uh, something that's on Barnes and Nobles and, and on sale in the back. I got gotcha. uh, you. Yeah, they, they tip, <laughs> and unfortunately, I, I can't remember any of them right now. But they they typically have amusing names okay. uh, related to uh, the race itself. You know, th- th- something about despair or you're an idiot or what to do if you're suffering from uh, mental trauma. Uh, that's pretty funny. So you are the fifteenth finisher of all time. Uh, Give our listeners some some context on where that kind of ranks you in this race. I mean, how long has the race been going on, and how many participants every year do they have? Uh, so it's been going on since I, I think '86 was the first year, and started off a, a bit different as, as a three loop race, and then changed to the the five loop format. Uh, I think in the early '90s, and saw its first finisher in, in 1998. So 98, uh, from 86 to 98, they had, for 12 years, they didn't have any finishers. Yeah, so they had someone finish the original three-loop race. Okay. Um, but, but 98, originally the five-loop was, again, it was just kind of a joke. Uh, right. it, was, it was out there as, as a satire, and most people didn't think that it was actually a serious thing, that someone was supposed to try to finish it. So we, most people thought, well, th- well, three loops is the goal, that's the actual race, and then this guy from the U.K., 
came in and, and no one had told him that the, the five loops was a joke and, and he finished the whole thing. And that was 98. Okay. Yeah. So that, that was Mark Williams. And so since then, uh, there, there have been 14 additional people, uh, finish it, including myself and, and two people have, have one person's finished twice and, and one person has finished three times. So I guess that, that makes 18 total finishes from, from 15 people. How many people start the race? Uh, 40 people each year. And it's, it's limited to 40? Yeah, so it's, it's limited by, you know, we're going off trail in the park, and the park actually tried to shut the race down at one point because, you know, kind of the impact and doing the off trail and eroding and affecting mm-hmm. the environment, making trails for poachers and whatnot. And so it, it, it was able to keep going, but it, the limit was set at 40, and there's quite a few filtering processes to kind of get through that. And I, I think this year, the number I, I heard was that he got 1200 applicants and that's even wow. the number of people he got after they navigated the, the kind of somewhat secret application process, which isn't all that difficult, but again, it's, it's that initial filter to kind of get it down to the people that, that really well, want to do it. I can't find anything online. I mean, is that, I mean, that part of the secret uh, process of, of yeah, signing so, up. Yeah. I mean, you you got to do a little bit of research. You got to do some work. And, and that's a, again, to make sure that the race director has something initially just to be sure that these, these people did a little bit of work. They really want to do this. It's not someone who just came across the website and said, Oh yeah, that sounds cool. I'll click on that. So it, was this the first year that you registered? No. So this was my third year doing the race. Oh, third year doing the race. Okay, so you were. Ex- have you been accepted every time you've you've registered? Yeah. So I I had the uh, good fortune, uh, you would say, I guess, or you know, most. Of, you actually get a letter of condolences when you get accepted <laughs> right. to the race. Right. Uh, so maybe the bad fortune. Right. But I, I grew up uh, right across the street from the park in absolute middle of nowhere, Tennessee, which typically does you know doesn't get much given to you, but it. Mm-hmm. It was something where, you know, the the odds of having someone whose family has been right next to that course in the middle of nowhere for, for 200 years and wants to do the race and has the credentials to do the race, uh, it's, it's pretty high odds at that. So that was kind of my trump card to get in that first year. And that was also pre-documentary, so mm-hmm. there weren't nearly as many applicants. And then I, I did well that first year, and, and from that... Uh, I was I was able to to keep getting in because really uh, you know the the only good predictor of success at Barkley is success at Barkley. So <laughs> since I had that initial success, that that really builds up your your credentials to get get in the next time. Do you, are you going to do it again? Uh, I, I'll never say never. Uh, you know it's it's highly doubtful for next year. Kind of take a break, uh, recharge, let my family recharge. Maybe go out there and help someone else uh, try to get their their Barkley success uh, and and see the other side of the race that I've I've never seen. I've never kind of been in camp uh, during the race. So you mentioned the documentary, and I think a lot of our listeners probably know the race through the the Barkley Marathon marathons documentary um that race director what's his what's the race director's name uh so as a gary cantrell he he goes by the the nickname of lazarus lake and he is a very unique uh very unique race director i'll say that uh talk about talk about the race director 
Yeah, so he's he's definitely got this persona uh, that he puts on for the race that, it, you know, he's uh, almost this this sadistic persona <laughs> that he, he's out there trying, trying to torture people and laugh at them and, and humiliate them. And really, you know, that's that couldn't be farther for the truth. He, he's a very uh, kind-hearted man, and mm-hmm. he, no one is more excited about seeing success out there than than he is. And the way that he puts it is, you know, if if you're gonna if you're gonna face a challenge, it has to be a real challenge. You know, if 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 there's no probability of failure, um, then then there's no challenge to it. And and so he's giving people that opportunity. Uh, to to achieve success, is he related to Jerry Cantrell from the Alice in Chains band? I I don't believe so, but he does have quite the eclectic taste of music. Yeah. He looks like a rocker. I mean, he looks like a rock star. I could see that. Yeah. May, hey, maybe some sort of distance rel- distance relative. Um, Jerry Cantrell has a, a farm, but I don't remember where it is. <laughs> he does. He's not originally from Seattle because hmm. I saw his MTV Crips. I don't know who you're talking about, so uh, that's okay. Yeah, all right. that's not surprising. But the the, the race director Contrell, uh, he is is again, like I said, really unique and starts. He's got a unique way of starting the race, and then when people can't finish the race, uh, there's a, new, a unique way that uh, he kind of puts them out to pasture, right? Yeah. So he uh, he he plays taps for him. And when they when they can't finish right right yeah that that first year I actually I, I had the great pleasure of tapping myself out I, I got to play taps for myself when I failed to finish are you can uh, you play the the horn the French horn or what, what is it so what, yeah what kind of, I, I, it's I a played, trumpet French horn what kind of a instrument is it a bugle is basically bugle. A, okay a bugle is basically a trumpet without the valves okay. so you, you can't play all the notes but yeah i, I played trumpet in a uh, you know wow. middle school and so and you high played school taps band. yourself nice yeah yeah maybe that's what you do next year when you go you play the play the the bugle for well everybody. they they got someone for that <laughs> i'm, I'm ha- happy to fill in as needed um but you know that that job's good i think i'll probably crew someone and, and try to help them avoid taps yeah and and so they they play taps when you when you can't finish and then he starts it does he light a cigarette when he starts the race yeah, so that's that's one of the things that's really kind of messed me up the past few years is is the start. You don't know the start time until an hour before the start. It could start anywhere between midnight and noon, and wow. he he blows a conch shell an hour beforehand, and then you got an hour to get ready, and he starts the race by lighting a cigarette, <laughs> and. So yeah, the the first two years it didn't start till eleven a.m. and I'm lying there all night thinking, oh, did did it just blow? Was that it? Did did I hear something? And I don't get any sleep. And yeah, because you're just waiting. So you're waiting in right. anticipation. And you don't right. sleep. And then yeah. in the third year, you had somebody else listen while you slept. Well, I was trying to do that the first two years um, too. I mean, my my crew was doing it, but still, you you can't help but be anxious right. yourself. Human nature. And this year, though, I. I had finally, uh, I had gotten to sleep. I had fallen into a nice, sound sleep <laughs> that probably would have lasted me to the morning. You know, I, I wasn't worrying about it. I was nice and calm. And then he blows the thing half an hour later. You know why he was so uh, well asleep? Six-month-old twins. That's true. <laughs> that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Any opportunity you got. That's that's uh, a 100-mile race. Uh, is an opportunity to get some to get some rest for for a father of twins. 
Yeah, and that I think makes it more impressive, impressive John, that you uh, you do have six month old twins and a, an almost three year old at home as well. Um, so you you ran 130 miles. You've got young kids at home. You got a full time job. You know the 130 mile race. Like, how do you train for this? Number one, how do you train for it? How do you find time to train for it? And what do you do? Like, how do you train to run a 130 mile race in the mountains and triathlon training right? <laughs> triathlon training yeah well j- just now switching into that yeah. uh but you know there's there's absolutely no way to be able to do this with without my wife's support and she has been absolutely unbelievable um with with the kids while i i work and i, I can honestly tell her now that i can do barkley and i couldn't do what she does um <laughs> But really, it's just been over the past few years as I've done it, getting more and more efficient at training to where it's it's got the least impact possible. And, you know, all of my training during the week is my commute. I run to or from or both hmm. uh, between my house and, and the office. And so that's time I'd otherwise be wasting sitting on the metro or in my car. Uh, and then during the on the weekend, Saturday, I, I get up early and do hill repeats try to get back at a, at a decent time and then sundays i uh, actually hop on the treadmill uh, set it at a 20 percent incline and I, I hate the treadmill but mm-hmm. that way um you know the the kids can nap or play in the room next to me while my wife uh, can get a break to nap or, or go yeah, do you whatever can, she you can wants. watch the kids while you're on the treadmill yeah, yeah. i've done that that's a good trick yeah so it's <laughs> it's just you know being being complete and you know I, i'm an engineer yeah. so i i like to optimize things and it's just being efficient with every minute you got and, and really cutting everything else out i mean i i don't other than when i'm on the treadmill i don't watch any tv anymore or play any video games or anything i mean i I train and I spend time with my family and I work and and that's that's it. Call, call that, that's fl- my life. Call flow track. Teal Bur- Burrell wasn't the only one who quit TV. I knew there was somebody else out there. You, you, your, <laughs> and, your story should be out there as well about and, quitting TV. Well, it is now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Farley, you're also you're you're seven days uh, into quitting TV, right? I, I am seven days into quitting. No, you're not. You uh, watch TV. Yeah, I've, I've watched a number of sports uh, <laughs> games last week. I, I'm guilty. Um, so I, it does take a, a lot of support from, from, uh, the, the family. And that is, and that, that's a great way to do it. Just to be inefficient with your time. I, I totally agree. Um, kind of back to the, the, the race. Um, so it's really fascinating to me that you're on this course cause I'm so used to road races and where, where there's, uh, you know, course, uh, marshals out there or cones that you're actually kind of navigating and i just found cartography is the reading of maps i just kind of learned that you just learned that yeah i just learned that so uh thanks to charlie ban who told me that so you've got to be like able to read maps you got to be able to uh do you know navigation while you are super sleep deprived Was, was that sort of the do you think that was the toughest part of it or was running 130 miles the toughest part of it yeah, so with navigation, basically the the main deal is is disaster avoidance. You know, you you don't want to do anything that sets you so far back that you don't have time to finish. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you've got to be moving fast, uh, and if you move fast and you don't make mistakes, then then you'll be all right. So navigation, you know, again, people make it out to be uh, an orienteering event where it's 
it's really tough to navigate and it was really tough to navigate when we had the fog this year i, I won't mm-hmm. lie that that was awful but otherwise you know the maps are, are running mainly along natural features of the terrain you're going mm-hmm. down spurs or up draws you're running alongside creeks and so as as long as you can kind of follow the lay of the land and have basic map and compass skills that that's enough uh you, you don't have to be in an excellent ex excellent uh mm-hmm. orienteer to to do it and and is the course the same every single year or does it change uh it it changes slightly okay uh to kind of vary the difficulty a bit and and be sure that no one can just fully memorize the course and and does have to to do some navigation and are you using your garmin or, or some sort of device to to help you navigate no each lap? so there's there's no gps no electronic devices of any kind allowed no altimeters uh he actually this year he gave us all like 11 dollar watches from walmart that you know <laughs> all they had on them was the the time and i, I think a stopwatch and alarm then how do you get your uh race posted on strava so people can (laughs) know that you did it uh you you know it's uh i i guess you can't you stumped him i I agree (laughs) that is that is that would be a tough thing for me take a a picture of your book pages That's, that's, (laughs) that's a good idea so you grew up across the street from the race mm-hmm. um so do, and then you later did it so do other locals get involved into the race like is it a big deal every year when this happens or are are they not involved like what's what's the feel in the town like so, so that's been one of the coolest things for me to see growing up uh you know we kind of knew these people came down and did this thing running around the park once a year um didn't really know what was going on with it and so you know again it's it's a rural community there's there's not a huge running scene out there uh, by any means but as i've done it the past few years just seeing the community support and and seeing kind of the the pride they've taken and the success that i've had has has been pretty awesome uh so uh this this past year uh saw quite a few of them out there supporting me during the race uh the both the local county newspapers uh ran a story on it so it's uh really really starting to be something that that the community's proud of and i think looks forward to each year i told my younger sister that uh we were going to interview today and she had a bunch of questions we've asked some of them already naturally uh, I'm pretty sure this one's not going to come up. So, and I'm I'm going to credit her with this. Yep. But she'd like to know how well did the trash keep you warm on the fifth lap? So the uh, the trash or, or the grocery bag it worked for a little while. So surprisingly, so uh, and and for people who who maybe don't know about this, the the fifth yeah, lap. Yeah, me. I don't I, know about this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it, we got a. a pretty steady stiff rain and i i didn't have enough warm it got cold i didn't have enough warm gear with me and i was doing a, a big exposed climb with with a nice wind and it's it's through this kind of old power cut that has some some trash that's that's thrown about in the in the briars there that's that's been caught in the briars and so the whole time up, I'm kind of scanning the, this to, to look for anything I might be able to add to, to keep me warm. And uh, I, I, I catch sight of this grocery bag uh, that's out there. I figure, you know, that, may, that might make a good poncho. And so I go and I, I put it on and it did well for a little while before the briars ripped it apart. Um, and then a little farther up, though, I, I saw this uh, 
nice orange, uh, you, you know, a knit hat. In, in East Tennessee, we call it call them toboggans. Um, but uh, it put it on, and it it really helped. It it added noticeable warmth. You look like uh, you have instantly. lice right now, though. That, it, that? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm we'll, kidding. We'll I'm kidding. Yeah, we'll no, see. if his wife is listening, no, don't keep him away from the kids. He's fine. You you mentioned earlier uh, that next year you might be on a support team. Tell, tell us about your support team for for this race. How big uh, was it? What what were they doing? Oh, I I, I had an an all star cast this year. It, it it was incredible. You know, I I finished with thirty minutes left, and so you figure if if my my transitions between loops had been on average just eight minutes longer, uh, I would have been over the cutoff. And, and each time I come in, these guys switched me out like it was a, it was a NASCAR uh, pit <laughs> stop, and I had. Uh, one of the guys, Julian Jameson, who he's local here in D.C. as well. He's he's a Barkley veteran. He crewed for me last year, and so this was his second year doing it. And then uh, John Fegavresi, who he was the third finisher of the year of the documentary. Uh, so in 2012, he he was kind of that. Uh, the, the guy that, that came in there and uh, beat the course against all odds. And then I also had, you know, I've got the support from my family there. My, my cousin, Joe Kelly, uh, he's, he's been out there for three years now mm. and he's, uh, just gets whatever needs to be done, done. So, you know, I, I come in and one of them's getting me my new pack another's changing my shoes another stuffing food in my face and spraying mm. sunscreen on me and I'm good to go. So what kind of food, uh, that's interesting to me that, that you've got to change shoes, change socks uh, get a new pack. Uh, what kind of food are you eating during these, uh, during these breaks? So mostly what I eat during the breaks is just things that I couldn't take with me on the loops. So just an opportunity to, to get some good food, um, like real food, like not just gels or, yeah. So I, I definitely take real food with me, but you know, things like pizza or I had an apple butter bagel or a banana, uh, things that, you know, wouldn't keep well or would get all <laughs> smashed up and uh, useless in my pack. But I, I definitely, that's one thing I learned after my first year is, is you got to have good food. You got to have a variety of it. And so I, I did take uh, quite a bit out of, of, of that out mm-hmm. there with me each loop as well. So I, I know a lot of people were following this race on Twitter this year, mm-hmm. which is just an amazing concept of like following a race on social media. Um <laughs> How how aware of that were you during the race and like what do you what do you think about that that people were following your effort on on uh, Twitter or social media? Yeah, so I mean it's it's not something you really think about during the race, and, and I, I was definitely aware that it was doing that people were doing it. I mean I know that's the only way people get updates, but they can only get those updates once or twice every twelve hours or so. Uh, but I was very much surprised just by the the magnitude of it this year uh so last year i i had a pretty inactive twitter account before the race i didn't really use it at all and i I came back after the race and i had 500 and something followers and i was like oh wow where'd that come from uh and this year i you know i figured okay maybe i'll get like a few hundred more it's probably mostly the same people that followed me last year and i come back and i've got I think I've got close to 4,000 followers wow. now. 
and uh, just so many messages of, of support and, and motivation and people saying I, I've inspired them. And it, so that, that was incredible to see. And I, I also got a, a little bit of a taste of, of what they're going through there when I, when I finished and I was kind of, I was wondering where Gary was. I wanted to know if he was all right. And, and I'm sitting there asking, you know, well, where's Gary? And everyone's like, I don't know. How do you think we know? Cause you know, people are out there and you, you don't know, you right. don't get an update for like eight hours on, on where they are. Yeah. Um, t- so t- take us the, the finish of the race when you're, when you're finishing that last lap, uh, you said that, you know, you, you were kind of under the gun getting close to, to the cutoff time. What is, what is the cutoff time? And, you know, how, how was, were you kind of, you know, did you get a second wind or is there anything such thing as a second wind doing a 130 mile race when you know you were getting close? Uh, did you feel energized even though you haven't slept in how many hours? I mean, yeah. So, so talk to, talk to us about the finish. Yeah. So I was physically, I was still feeling pretty good. My legs were strong on the last climb and I was, I was hitting a good pace on that. But the the mental fatigue and the sleep deprivation were just really getting to me. And so I had been kind of going that entire last loop, um, knowing that I was was still good as long as I didn't make any mistakes. I I didn't have much of a buffer. uh, Mm -hmm. So if I made a mistake, I was in trouble. But I just needed to keep moving at a solid pace. And I, I, I was doing that. And so I got to the... Uh, end of the last navigation set like hard navigation section and I had good time left I got to the end of the last climb and I had good time left I, I actually looked down at my watch and I had an hour and 40 minutes left and all I had to do from that point was get like 100 yards to the trail and mm-hmm. follow this easy trail downhill few miles into camp and, and I was done. And you had an hour and 40 to do that. Okay. Right. And, and, and what is the cutoff time? Uh, 60 hours. 60 hours. And so I, I looked down right after I saw an hour 40. The next thing I remember is I looked down at my watch and I had an hour 20 left. And uh, I didn't, those 20 minutes I go? didn't remember what happened in those 20 minutes. So I still have mm-hmm. no idea what happened to, to 20 minutes. I was just kind of standing up there in the middle of the capstones, everything's fogged in and it's still raining and miserable. Uh, and I don't know if I was wandering around. And from that point, it was just, just stay awake, just stay awake. And you got to get down and, and touch the gate. I, w- I was worried that I was going to be that guy that, that got all my pages and wandered off or, or fell asleep uh, before getting back. Does that happen? Do people just wander off, fall asleep? Uh, so it's, it's never happened that late. Uh, I mean, you could, uh, unfortunately, you know, Gary was in a similar situation and, and took a wrong turn and, and so missed the last little bit this year. Uh, the best example of it, Andrew Thompson, who he finished, I, I think, in 2008, maybe 2009. Uh, but his 2005 race report where he was on the last loop, um, a little under halfway into it, and he just completely lost it. He forgot where he was. He... <laughs> He hallucinated that he was a, a garbage man walking through this neighborhood, uh, pick, picking up trash, and he just wow. he completely forgot that he he was at the Barkley Marathons, um, and so it, it didn't hit him in, until you know time time was already up and there's nothing he could do about it. So obviously the mental part of this is huge. So 
I'm guessing you don't bring like a phone to listen to music or anything. So like what like what is going on in your head during this race? Like is there a mantra that you say to yourself? Do you just like focus on each step? Like what do you what do you do? Yeah. So uh, again, you you wouldn't be allowed to have a phone or anything that has any sort of GPS in it. Uh, And I don't generally listen to music while I run. I kind of uh, enjoy having it as my time to zone out or or think about uh, whatever I want to. And, and, And during this race, really it, you know with the navigation requiring so much focus that's that's what you're you're thinking about next is uh making sure that you don't make a mistake on the navigation and you're just thinking about the next book and you get to that book and, and you're thinking about the next one and if there is a section that is is trail or otherwise easy to navigate most of the time i'm i'm doing some mental math in my head to kind of think about my pace figure out what I need to do next and, and play out, plan out some if then scenarios in my head. Like if this happens, then I need to do this. And if that happens, I need to do that so that, you know, when one of these unexpected things does hit me, I'll, I'll be ready to act on it. So what do you find more exciting, like a fast race or uh, a race like this has so many components to it? Yeah, so I, I definitely uh, enjoy the stuff like this. I've always found ever since high school I do better, relatively speaking, the longer the distances get or the, the harder the course gets. I've always been a, a guy who did well at hilly races. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't really consider myself an extremely fast person. I'm just very good at continuing once things kind of fall apart. What's the longest run you've ever done? Well, th- well, this one. This is. <laughs> <laughs> How about the longest training run you've ever done? Um, longest training run was, I believe, actually my my first year before my the first year I got into Barkley, and I, I had no idea what I was doing, and I just kind of hit the panic button and thought, you know, I. I need to run up all the hills I can <laughs> as much as I can. Right. I don't know what else to do. And I, I went out and I I think it was around 40 something miles, wow. low 40s. Uh, but it, well, so I've done training runs longer than that one distance wise. But this one uh, had about 24,000 feet of elevation gain <sighs> in it. So I, I was tough. pretty much out right. there from, you know, before sunrise and until dusk. All right, it's John Kelly. So, John, I, I uh, Googled you, and there's a lot of John Kellys out there, um, including the famous famous marathon marathoner, um, John Kelly, who – did he win the first Boston Marathon? Yeah, so that's, that's Johnny Kelly. I, Johnny I think Kelly. they got a statue of him up yeah, there, and yeah. he, he ran something ridiculous, like 50 of them in a row or something, right. and I, th- I think did win uh, a few times. So yeah, so there's there's that Johnny. So I'm not sure if this John Kelly won the first marathon, but there was a Johnny Kelly who did run 50 in a row of the Boston Marathon. But point being, I googled you, and there's a lot of John Kellys out there. Yeah, so it's it's you know we're there's a lot of us. Uh, we we do a lot of things, and, <laughs> and it, it's long been kind of a goal of mine to be able to search my name and be on the first page of Google results. <laughs> nice. And uh, it, it actually happened uh, a day or two after the race. I was like result seven or eight. 
Nice. Uh, so I, I should have screenshotted it because I, I think that I'm I'm no longer there. Yeah, and I can't n- find now, it now. Now it's back. It's all back to being about you know that that Secretary of Homeland Security guy. Uh, you know, <laughs> big deal. Yeah, right, uh, right. So it, yeah, but that 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 was pretty exciting to see, and it also probably helped. It's it's in the spring, so it's not during football season because the the University of Tennessee uh, running back is is John it's Kelly as John well. Kelly. Yeah. Do all you John Kellys kind of. Uh, get together once I, a year in, in the very very early days of facebook i started a group called uh, hello my name is john kelly and, <laughs> nice. and there there were hundreds of john kelly's in that group but then mm-hmm. once once facebook came in and redid how they do groups and pages and and all that it, it got trashed mm-hmm. That's i thought you were gonna say once my dad joined facebook then uh <laughs> that yeah. that was the end of facebook yeah well, John, you're uh, transitioning into triathlon training. What's next for you? Where, where can we see you race next? Uh, so my next big focus uh, is is Kona, the, the Ironman World Championships. And, and yeah, I've, that's in October, though. So I got some, some yeah. races building into that. Kind of my kickoff for the triathlon season is the Columbia Triathlon. Uh, mm-hmm. Up here, it's an Olympic distance in Columbia, Maryland. I believe it's May 21st. Yep. Um, Yep, that's a great that's a so, great race. Well, cool, man. Well, we really appreciate you joining us uh, again. Special thanks to Charlie Band for uh, prompting us with some questions. And you sat down with Charlie and a nice article in Run Washington as well. Yeah, uh, Char- Charlie did a great job yeah, on that. Re- really, really cool. So check that out as well on Run Washington. Um, thank you so much for your time, my friend. Um, awesome, awesome job. Really cool to. Uh, to hear about the race i'm i'm excited to to watch this documentary now i think a lot of people have seen it so uh they'll be excited to hear your story so i appreciate you sharing it it's on netflix right yeah i I believe so he he doesn't watch tv so yeah well joanna says that netflix is not tv all right i never never said that (laughs) all right john hey man thank you so much for joining us thank you all it's great to be here well there he goes it's john kelly the 15th winner of the Barclay Marathons. Joining us here on Pace the Nation, we're going to take a quick break and be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program. And thanks again to John Kelly for joining us. I finally got the, the, the pronunciation of the, the marathons. It's the Barclay Marathons that he completed. The 15th finisher ever. And the race was has happened since 1986. So awesome job by him. Really cool interview. Uh, you got his Twitter handle, right? What was it? Um, random forest runner, but it's missing some letters. So it's just easier if people look at our show notes page. <laughs> okay. And thank you for doing the show notes. Yeah, I just way. thought those I'd plug awesome. those. Those are amazing. <laughs> Well done on those, Joanna. Yeah, check out the new show notes that Joanna's been doing. Now the pressure's on to keep doing them. But you can you can find that at uh, the website, runpacers slash podcast. Yes, for sure. All right, so thanks again to John for joining us today in studio. We were looking at his scratches and bumps and bruises. Man, we didn't really talk to him about that, but... 
he got beat up on it the was, course. It was it was a rough. It it, it was everything that uh, as advertised. It Bas- was really rough. Basically, we could have interviewed him for another two hours. Yeah. So we finished the interview. We said okay, goodbye, and then we asked him like thirteen <laughs> more questions. Right. Then we went and found Steve, and he took a picture out yep. front. And while we're taking the picture, we're asking him ten more questions. We just kept talking to the guy. That's like true. we we could have interviewed him for actually we could have interviewed him and missed the 60 hour cutoff for the Barkley <laughs> marathons right well uh we'll have to get him back uh after one of his i mean he just mentions uh, I'm, I'm just going to go out and do kona yeah no big deal well, yeah. it is no big deal compared to what for he just him, did. Yeah. Uh, i have to give a shout out to my younger sister yes she she was obsessively following the race mm-hmm. on twitter um she's been texting me uh, to asking me to watch the uh, the documentary on Netflix. Says it's really good. Um, and I asked her last night. I, I didn't want to tell her that we were interviewing him because I knew she'd be so pumped, and I wanted her to be surprised when she saw it. But I was like, you know what? Uh, she'll probably get mad at me if I don't ask. So I asked her, do you have any questions that you want me to ask? And she just like started firing question after question <laughs> after question. So I wrote them all down. We got to most of them just in the natural conversation, uh, but I did have a bit planned. Uh, so if you indulge me, I had like yeah. the ten questions that she asked, and then the last one, which I was going to ask John, but like because we were jumping all over the place, and it wasn't like, uh, well, these are the questions my sister <laughs> asked. So the bit, you know, I, I, I scratched it, but but the last question I was going to say, you know, like like what's the longest run you ever ran? Uh, what does your wife think about your crazy long training schedule? Uh, and then the last question is, why wasn't I invited to the Mexican restaurant if the entire Doc's family was obviously not there? And and then like everybody's gonna be confused, but that was like actually a question that she asked in the series of these questions because she was <laughs> listening to our podcast where you said the entire dog's yes. family was there, and she was like mad. She was like, "Why wasn't well, I?" Invited? I wasn't there. Yes, uh, Doc's younger sister wasn't there. So, so I apologize. Sorry to, yeah, well, I apologize to blowing up you guys spot i mean uh, maybe you know she didn't get the invite because you didn't want her to come so i'm sorry to, I'm <laughs> why, sorry to, you, why would you go there now I this don't know. is how drama starts in <laughs> I reality I, television. i'm sorry i you know my, my bad for uh, uh you know spotting you guys and then mm-hmm. putting it out there on the public airways mm-hmm. yeah all right well we could talk about barclay marathons for the rest of the show but we got to get to some other stuff including a very important pokemon go update is so, it very important? I, I really don't, don't Maybe understand we should keep, this agenda item. Yeah, so I, I'm not sure I do either, but... Uh, Are people still doing Pokemon Go? I thought it was dead. Docs? Oh, uh, Pokemon Go is still... Uh, they're growing numbers every week. Uh, more and more people are playing... Uh, I noticed on my run yesterday how many kids who've never seen the sun uh, are out uh, just crowding the trails. Uh, All right. it, so it's, it's just still, it's still a thing, okay? But Docs, you put this on the agenda, so no, I was actually I I texted you guys that after I finished my run because I was thinking about that, like because mm-hmm. when it first came out, that's exactly what happened was was I was old man Docs uh, telling kids. This is trail etiquette. You can't stop in the middle of the trail because they, they were doing this. And there was like so many people out playing that game, not really exercising, but just getting out. And uh, like I was just thinking about it, like it's one of those random thoughts that, that you that you have on the run. I was like, do you remember when this trail was so crowded? Uh, but it's not. But we did promise on one of our shows that we would continue to update everybody. Okay. So uh, this, so is, the this is that this is fulfilling that promise. So. Another yeah. th- another thought I had was like, 
thank goodness Pokemon Go is gone because that brought out old man docs. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be honest, like every week I see old man Farley, <laughs> you know, you don't need two old. Men yeah, we don't show. need two old. Good men. point. Yeah, yeah. So so I'm glad that, uh, you know, we don't need to be seeing more and more of old man docs. All right. Well, that's it. I'm I'm glad we fulfilled our promise. There's your mm-hmm. Pokemon Go update. Your 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 last Pokemon Go that's update. That's it. Um, other things that we had on the agenda here today. Uh, we all ran the the 5K Friday uh, last week in Crystal City. Yeah. Uh, just after podcasting, not much warm up, but uh, I think overall um, it was successful for the three of us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah? was fun. Yeah, Joanna, you had a race. good. You had a good race. I mean, I know you. Um, are very critical of yourself. Uh, how was how was your race on on Friday? It was fine. It was fine. Yeah, right. I thought your time was pretty good. We have a different idea. Of what all right, a good time all right. Is. All right. Uh, Docs, you're back out there after uh, a layoff. You yeah, gotta be happy that you were out there running. I, I think I would have been better served had Joanna not ditched me two two <laughs> minutes before the start, um, and then I I went all the way to the back. Uh, with the strollers and the dogs with the strollers and the mm-hmm. dogs and then for like the first five minutes just in my head thought i have to get in front of all these people otherwise uh um i'm not going to be able to to run you know and i just went out way too fast <laughs> uh, but it was a good it, i mean from that experience it was it was good to get out there and, and shake out the legs and and actually uh for a change as it's well documented how many races i don't do <laughs> Uh, it was good to get out there and race. He and really, it, lit- literally did it so he wouldn't get a Photoshop done of him. And, and it swear. was, <laughs> and it was fun. It was a good race too. We yeah. saw uh, Charlie Band was out there yep. handing out water. So I tried to do, <laughs> try to do bits with him. But uh, I'm just going to claim that those 20 minutes of my life, I, I also uh, lost and and had no <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> that is a funny story from John. Um, yeah, I enjoyed. It. I think it was a good baseline. The weather was not great, so when we do one later in the uh, year, I think all of our times will improve. So I enjoyed the race as well. Uh, I felt you know decent about my time, but I know it was a tough day, windy, cold. Oh yeah. So. It was a good baseline for uh, you know one of the future five K Fridays, so I think we all should be able to get out there again and improve our times. It it definitely was cold. It definitely was windy. Yes. it was not a PR day. Yeah, but if you're looking to improve there you go. over the season, it was the perfect race <laughs> right, to start, start the series off. <laughs> so Joanna, speaking of five Ks, heading to Boston with your annual one of your i think you do two annual events a year you do the boston marathon 5k mm-hmm. i keep calling it the boston marathon 5k uh-huh. just because i think that's a funny way to describe it and then you do the uh minor race in a major town or maybe a major <laughs> race in a minor town either way you know i, I truly think i'm just well and that up. race might not happen this year oh what yeah my, why? my dad told me i forget why because they're doing construction or i don't know something so that race they found might, diamonds in the mine yeah right so right it might exactly. not happen all right. Well, and then I can I tell you that my only goal for this year was to place well at that race. That was the mm-hmm. only that race that mm-hmm. I cared about this year. And of course, it's canceled. all right. Well, then is y- it is it officially canceled or is it just at risk? Um. Well, right now there it's not happening, but that mm-hmm. might change. All right. Mm-hmm. Tweet the race director. Major race in a minor town. I got the name right this time. Good for you. Re- tweet the race director. Make sure it happens. But if it doesn't happen, at least you have the BAA 5K. Mm-hmm. So you're heading up to Boston. Always a fun week. 
Is it on Saturday? It's on Saturday. So now. the race is on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally, it's on Sunday, right? Well, it used to be on Sunday. Okay. I forget what year they changed it. I okay. think it was. Two, I actually think it was 2013 that they changed it. All right. So what, what's what's your weekend look like up in Boston? Um, well, for the first, I like to do something a little different every year, um, and. Uh, for the first time, I'm actually going to go see my brother. Wow. So I go up tomorrow. First time ever seeing him? <laughs> ever, yeah. <laughs> no, normally when I go to Boston for the marathon, my brother's always like, oh, it's a two-hour train right away. And I'm right. like, there's too much to do in Boston. But this year, because it's Easter, oh, I yeah. thought I should be a good sister and go visit my brother. Is the Easter bunny going to be going to his house for your your gift bag and all that yeah i told yeah. the easter bunny where i was gonna Make be it's sure. good so you gotta that, yeah. leave a forwarding address yeah, yeah when good. you travel on holidays it's uh-huh. important yeah. so you're gonna go you run the race saturday going to maine yes so i'm Sunday. taking a train after the 5k to and then go up to maine and then you're not gonna see the the, the marathon no, no, no well i did consider staying in maine um also because hotels in boston are very expensive this yes. weekend and I, as we know i always wait to last minute etc cetera, mm-hmm. etc cetera. but then i just like really thought that this might be the year that american woman wins boston i think there is a really good chance of that Desi. and then the like my heart just broke thinking of oh, an american woman winning this race and i wouldn't be there to wow. see it so i'm coming back I'm kind of with you. I mean, I don't want to jinx her, but I think Desi has a legit shot. Um, so that'll be fun to watch on Monday. It is televised um, in Boston, but televised online everywhere. So, But why wouldn't you just come in on Sunday morning? It's a late enough race, right? I mean, I, Monday morning. Um, because there's not that many trains that um, uh, my, yeah, the, that come back. And I just don't want to take the chance that like something happens. You know, I just don't want to uh-huh, take that chance. Yeah. So and it you, is it is a later race, but the women's race does start at nine thirty, so it's really mm-hmm. not. It's not too late. It's not. Right. Yeah, but Joanna, nine thirty for the most people, that's like that's like half an hour till your bedtime. Like you get up <laughs> so early. That's true. You've already had two meals by that time. Um, do you think Desi's going to win? Is that is that you just don't want to say the name, or do you think that there's other competitors? I, I think Desi is very likely my top choice, uh-huh. but I do actually think that Jordan Hussey is going to have a really good debut, and I do want to see that as well. Uh-huh. Well, Desi's been there and has competed to win in the past, so I think Finished she's got, second, yeah, yeah. Got, a, got a shot. So if you're done listening to this podcast, it's probably Monday, so tune into the Boston Marathon. Uh, always a fun fun day. Patriots Day. Always a fun fun race yeah. to follow and watch on Monday. Um, before we go on to the next topic, can we get a quick Green Sox update? Um, so I think we actually must have come in at the end of his workout um, because I only have him coming around the block five times. Yeah, and yeah that, that's I think that's pretty low for him. I think five sightings. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have to say that he was amazingly consistent. Uh, he goes around the block in about five twenty-five. Sometimes right. like you, you're kidding that you actually. <laughs> no, she was him. taking splits. You, you. T- oh my gosh. Very, very consistent. I yeah. Right, and well, maybe, maybe that's one of the reasons why he doesn't cross streets is uh, so that he gets the consistent laps. Yeah. Because if, if you have to depend on traffic, then your splits are going to be all over the place. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> I think we cracked the code. All right. Well, thank you for that. Up- very important update there on, on Green Sox, who's not wearing Green Sox today. Mm-hmm. All right. I do have a another correction. I should say another correction because mm-hmm. I needed to correct myself on the uh, – it wasn't the, the bank or the, the soccer team. It was actually the Barclay right. Merit. The Barkley Marathon, not Barkley. Should, shouldn't we just make a Farley's Farley's correction? That should be like a weekly segment. <gasps> or is that is that going to drive the show to be so long that Kathy Dalby won't listen anymore? <laughs> uh, she's she was really actually excited about this show, but the length of it may uh, yeah. Her, but yeah. uh, uh, 
our, our good friend, loyal listener, Andrew, who we talked about last week, uh-huh. uh, who's a big fan of Docs, thinks Docs is really funny, F- friends with my brother, runs right. with my brother's uh, running group. His name's Andrew. I was calling him Anthony last uh-huh. week. So um, I apologize, Andrew. I want to make that official correction. Yeah, but I disagree with you. I think that both Andrew and Anthony think I'm hilarious. <laughs> could could be. I'm sure there's Anthony's out there. <laughs> but it is Andrew, the one I was talking about. Uh, that was a little embarrassing. Um, so that's my official correction and apology. So last week I teased a story from my trip to Seattle. And I was excited to uh, tell you guys this story uh, because it related to the podcast Wait, and you were recently in Seattle and you still don't know who Jerry Cantrell is? No, I don't. <laughs> this is ridiculous. All right, go ahead. Uh, he's not. If it's not Kurt Cobain, I, you know, in Seattle, Seattle related, I don't know who it is. So, no, I'm sorry, I don't know the the. Uh, but you know who Eddie Vedder is? I do know who Eddie Vedder. Yeah, is. they're from so. Seattle. All right. Although he's good. from Chicago via San Diego, but whatever. All right. Well, that's not it. So the the point was, I was going to tell a story about. Uh, my trip to Seattle, and uh-huh. I was excited to uh, let you guys know about the story that was related to the podcast, but I'm a little let down because I can't really give the story just due because there's not enough information out there on it. It really ticked me off this week. So Brooks did this really cool uh, shoe launch when we were in Seattle, we had 20 uh, running accounts from across the country sit in on this press conference where they introduced the Brooks Levitate. Oh, yeah. It was Facebook Live. It was out there on the web. Mm-hmm. and The World Wide Web. The World Wide Web. Mm-hmm. And I was assuming I'd be able to find you know, that recording and play some audio from it. Mm-hmm. But it's not out there. And that really just torpedoes my story do you think that they took it down not because of me but it's really frustrating because the story just loses steam it was a good story if i actually had the audio accompanying audio with it it's a lame story now so i I agree with that so far gonna continue anyway i I scoured the internet i don't even know if i should tell the dumb story now well now you have to well i I, i'm so annoyed that i I was gonna you know had i had teased it from last week and Uh i was excited to to, uh, to talk about it today, and now it's just such a letdown. So yeah. I don't know why Brooks didn't. But that doesn't they keep you from it, telling other stories. If, yeah, that's true. But there was some. I think this story, this story that I teased, needed. Uh-huh. needed you need the, the accompanying audio. audio that just would tell actually, the story. All right, just so tell the, the dumb, story. So the dumb story is they were doing this. This uh, Brooks uh, was was launching this new shoe called the Levitate. It's coming out uh-huh. in September. Uh, they did questions from the audience. And, you know, guys like me who have stores from across the country were asking, well, you know, wh- you know, what's the price of the shoe? What's the midsole made out of? Uh, how long is it going to last? You know, simple questions like that. Mm-hmm. Or, or actually, probably more technical questions than that. But mm-hmm. I, I had the last question, and we were asking the shoe designer uh, all these questions. And I raised my hand, and I said, Chris from Pace the Nation. Right, and that's the show. That's the show. Yeah, it mm-hmm. wasn't Chris from Pacers Running. It was Chris from Pace the Nation, mm-hmm. and because that's what you're most famous for, right? <laughs> uh, you know, and it was broadcast, and I got a few texts that people who were watching it, um, and then he uh, responds quickly, "Oh, you're fake news," 
which was funny and 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 garnered a laugh from the entire room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, mm-hmm. and and it was memorable. Right. And it's a terrible story now because I don't have the accompanying audio. Had I had that 5-second clip, it would have been a good story. Well, my opinion is that a good storyteller can make anything sound yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're right. But anyways, that that was my story from Seattle. I uh uh-huh. I represented Pace the Nation asking a question in a press conference. Right, yeah. And the guy called me fake news. Uh, Joanna, when you represented Pace the Nation at the L.A. Marathon and mm-hmm. went to press conferences, did anybody accuse you of being fake news? No. That was yeah. before fake news, I think. Well, fake news has been around for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think that uh, Joanna carries a little bit more authority <laughs> no, uh, at press true. conferences. Probably true. You probably were asking the question while you were standing next to an outlet where your phone was plugged <laughs> in, uh, drinking a chai latte. That's probably true. You nailed me. All right. This podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area DC locations. Pacers Running is for every run. We also have a location in Princeton, New Jersey, and there's still time to sign up for the New Jersey Marathon, which is April 30th, New Jersey Half Marathon and Marathon, April 30th, which, of course, Pacers puts on uh, plenty of races. You know, speaking of races, plenty of races still, 5K Fridays, Parkway Race is still open. That's April 23rd, uh, New Jersey Road Trip, April 30th. A lot of good stuff going on at Pacers Running. All right, finally, guys. Um, we got a piece of mail. It's addressed to Pace the Nation. Addressed to Pace the Nation. I mean, this is this is the surefire way of actually, you know, getting on the program. I haven't opened it yet. Mm-hmm. Well, you're opening it right now. I'm opening it right now. Always great audio to right. open a package or a. Uh, it's addressed to Pace the Nation from Kennedy. I think I know who that's from. And there's a few books in there. Farley has no idea what this is, but this is a pocket constitution of the United States. Uh, one for each of us. <laughs> Although I really think that Joanne and I are going to give them to Farley. So Farley can have three of them. One at his house, one in his pocket. It's I was I was about because I was going to say, like, uh, I don't know if I should be insulted or grateful. I'm always happy to get a book, yeah. but I also know the constitution <laughs> you had it memorized well not, not i think he didn't word. want to leave you guys out but i, I, I think that. that this is this is from our good friend rob kennedy uh loyal listener i think he was uh probably sending this to me but didn't want to leave you guys out doesn't want to single you out so yeah. you have to give one to everybody <laughs> so uh you know as he, he says his politics and government are occasional topics occasional topics he thought this would be a good gift that would come in handy time to time uh keep up the good work well thank you rob yeah thank you it's the constitution of the united states and it's uh put out by c-span c-span yeah, c-span, c-span wrote the constitution that's correct <laughs> um we're not off to a great start <laughs> so i guess for the next uh 20 minutes we will just read word for word uh bear with us we're going to read the uh, constitution <laughs> Farley, without opening your book, I'm going to quiz you guys on the Constitution. Joanna, you close your book, too. Okay. Farley, what are the first uh, three words of the Constitution? I do know that. It was something you had to memorize when you were in grade school. Uh, We, the people of the United States of America, and I don't remember the rest. As soon as you got to states, you, you, you lost it. How far can you go? 
I can't go that far, but I could tell you that in the original, um, in the original document, it wasn't we the people; it was we the citizens. Mm. And I know that because at the Library of Congress, they have original drafts, and they can um, use some infrared technology to look underneath of the cross outs to see what uh-huh. was crossed out. Oh, nice! Yeah, so I can I can say that. Now this is a this is a great gift. Uh, we will keep one in studio at all times. Yes, uh, and reference it. Uh, quite often. Do you think that maybe we should do like a paragraph an episode? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about like one of the Easter eggs? We'll always be like just reading something uh, from the Constitution. I don't know. Yeah. And then we can maybe just like have a, a, a one sentence discussion about no, it. No, let's not hemorrhage but, listeners, please. But, but it'll be an Easter egg, so you can turn it off by then if you want. Okay. All right, guys. Great show. Episode number 102 in the books. Thanks again to John Kelly for joining us. Follow him on Twitter. It's basically Random Forest Runner. Not spelled that way, but you know, you, you, if you're if you're on Twitter, we tweeted it. Follow him. Uh, really good interview. Fun to sit down with John today. Congrats on being the 15th finisher of the Barkley Marathons. All right, thank you to Charlie Ban again for helping us. Uh, with that interview, thank you to Kelly, the intern. And my younger sister. Thank you to Dox's younger sister, Joanna. Best of luck this weekend at the uh, Marathon 5K. Thank you. All right. That's Joanna Russo And for William E. Dox, I'm Chris Farley. This is Space Nation. We'll see you next week. Is there anything in the U.S. Constitution that you'd like to share today? Um, Yes. Well, this is not, I guess, in the Constitution, but New Jersey was the third state to sign. So our birthday is December 18th, 1787. Okay. Joanne, is there anything in the Constitution (laughs) that you'd like to share today? Uh, As as we uh, work on one of our... Our missions, which is to educate Chris Farley on the U.S. Constitution. Well, should we start with the first paragraph? Sure, yeah. Okay. We the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, domestic tranquility. Ensure. Ensure domestic tranquility. Farley, you see I don't have the I'm book impressed. in front of he's, me. No, he's, this yeah. is like it's him called doing the, the, the World Series thing. Uh, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Do ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America.
I would not have been able to get all the way through. That's, I was impressed. You got you got the good stuff though. Yeah. Okay. I got we the people. <laughs> I was impressed with that. To be you know honest, why I, knew I, that? I find that was more impressive than, Do you than know, what you, I did. You know why I knew that? I, I'm sure you guys know that because when we're in Crystal City, mm-hmm. there's that restaurant called We the Pizza. So <laughs> you have to know. I did not know that's where that's that was from. going. <laughs> yeah, it's right where you where you pick up your bibs. Just go by We the Pizza, uh-huh. and uh, you know that's from the Constitution. <laughs> See, I did know. I, I, I tell you what, uh, the reason why you don't have that uh, good a grasp on the Constitution, not enough restaurants that are Constitution-themed. <laughs> right. right. right I, exactly. I, I blame the industry. <laughs> it's not your fault. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for joining us, man. I know you uh, had kid, twins, something. Yeah, got a, well... Son about to turn three and okay. friends about to turn six months old. Mm. Man, I don't know if you've listened to our podcast. I do a lot of complaining about Eddie. One, <laughs> one son who's just turned seven months, so twins six months old. Wow. Does does anybody have identical twins anymore? Is that a thing? <laughs> I just don't never hear of identical twins anymore. If is if it's not um, if it's not sports related, no. If it's not, who's the guy who died? Um, the Seattle Lane Staley. No. Well, Lane Staley died, and he's in the same band. But no. you're thinking Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Okay. Second, second question in in this: What is the U.S. Constitution, Farley? Wow. Um, it's uh, what our country is built upon, like laws, rules. What we stand for, our mission statement. It's our there. mission statement. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's the well, it's the governing right. document of the country. Yeah. So yeah, I think I nailed it. It's no, this country, is it's our country's mission statement. There you go. Farley, by the by, the very end of the interview, you you're nailing Barkley marathons as if you don't even have like you own it. Well, it's Charles Barkley. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's all you need to say yeah. is Charles Barkley. Yeah.